Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. This is Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. And in a shocking upset, we're both here. We're actually both here and we're both connected and we're in the house and everything seems to be connected and set up, ready to go. Hopefully no connection issues tonight with Talk Talk Radio. One can only hope. This is indeed Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We're with you live on a Sunday night, June the 3rd, 2018. I'm Dre, he's Jay. Wanted to come back and do a little bit of a sort of a not a whole show about gambling, but we definitely wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, events of May the 14th, a day that will live in infamy because of my co-host Jay's wedding anniversary. But now also because of the day that the Supreme Court decided to open it up and make sports gambling legal for all 50 states, not just Nevada. Uh, Jay, we're ostensibly a gambling show. We give gambling advice, if you want to label us as that, when the football season is, is going. So, uh, But it's always been sort of a you know underground type thing. You, you don't want to come right out and say, yeah, we talk about gambling all the time. I mean, gambling's not really legal. It's not really something you want to talk about. But it's going to be worldwide, nationwide. It's going to explode apparently now that all the states are, are going to be able to take advantage and and make their own little money off of sports gambling the way Nevada has been doing it all these many years. Um, uh, first of all, how does it feel to be legit? And second, how do you see things playing out now that gambling's going to be legal everywhere? Well, yeah. That was, I believe, the first uh, comment I had for you when you brought that up—that you wanted to talk about that on the show, or that it had happened. It was that, hey, we're, you know, we're we're legitimate now. It's it's completely legitimized what we're doing on the air twice a week during the entire NFL season because we do really only look at this from an NFL standpoint. So we're you know we're kings of non sequitur or open mouth say shit or whatever it's been for our off season. Uh, version, but when we're when we're in full IMLD mode, you and I competitively head to head are picking all of the games um, against the spread. So there's definitely a, a gambling tilt to that. Now, granted, we started doing this in high school more for the challenge because picking straight up was just was just too easy. But over 25 years of doing it. And we tooted our own horn on the show, but we, we're not we're not too bad at it. So we, we've You're both shown our it. chops. Yeah, we've both shown our chops of, of consistency. Um, obviously, we've watched other areas, uh, you know, and other people who do the same thing that we do, picking the games against the spread have had have had their good years and bad years. But I would put our record of consistency up against anybody else's. Um, so it does take our little, you know, competitive angle that we take picking all the games and obviously you have a much more uh robust sports gambling background than i do um <laughs> as a reformed as a reformed uh gambler 
I've had you know, versus many, me. many experiences with, with yes. online sports gambling. And, and yes. I can talk all about that if you want to be bored by the <laughs> stories of somebody who was bad at it. Yes. Yeah, we've heard all about the bad beats on the show and, and, and you know, and, and, and some of the good times too, but it's, it's definitely a, we, 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 I don't want to call it a gambling show because that's not really what we're going at, but we are breaking things down from that standpoint. So very often during the season, when we're talking about football games, we're spinning a game or we're talking about an angle. We're talking about directly how it works to fit in the spread, what the lines are going to be set at over and unders, very specific to what would be a gambling standpoint. And, you know, and anybody who's, who's taken our advice over the years, uh, well, let's hope not too many, but some of us, you know, you or I have put up some really good seasons doing this. And I feel pretty good about the fact that it's not one of these things that now is, you know, like, well, well, it's just for the, just for those degenerate gamblers. It's, it, it's, it's seedy. Now it's going to be opened up a little bit more to the masses. Um, anybody can do it now. It's not easy. I, I, I tell you folks, it's, it, it's not easy. Trust but us. yes, it, it, I mean, there are things, there are situations and I know you're more stats driven and, and I'm more feel of the situation and historically inclined or, you know, we always joke about our little corollaries, but it took us years to develop these things. You, you can't make these things up. You know, nobody in their right mind would go, oh, yeah, you should all, you know, you, you, you always want to take, you know, like bear whispering, right? <laughs> we don't know if there's a re- legitimate stat for that. And I don't obviously jump at the opportunity to call that every time, but sometimes it just feels right. And I go with it and, you know, you're screwed when I do it. And then it turns out that I was right. So <laughs> all these little it feels like things, you're right all the time. Yeah. But all these all these things seem to make it a little bit more fun now, and and the fact that it is opened up to more people, and and it'll be a little bit more mainstream. Um, certainly can't help a little podcast that's been around going into its sixth year now, uh, doing exactly that thing that's now legal everywhere. Can't hurt. That's right. You you, you never know what it could lead to. Boy, howdy. You know, you were talking about some of those corollaries and things that we've observed over the years. Uh, Vegas would call them trends, and they would have it all figured out statistically. (laughs) And it reminded me of when I first started getting into online sports betting. Out of the blue, these books would come to my house, these, these, uh, I guess, pamphlets or whatever. Um, It would list, like, either the whole – NFL season and college season, or maybe like half the season, uh, all the games, and it would give you all the trends that they could come up with for each and every game, and they had squares that you could keep track of the score and the over-under. So it, it, was, it was pretty much a guide for any hardcore gambler. I never knew how they got my name on that list, but that just shows how much I was into it, that these things were just coming to me. I wasn't requesting them at all. But it reminds me that they had those trend lists in those books, and it took – the, the experience is why I'm able to give a little advice to some people who may not have ever gotten into the gambling itself, maybe who want to listen and, and enjoy uh, the show, but never got into it uh, with, their own, with their own money. For those of you who might be thinking of getting into gambling with your own money, I'm here to give you a lot of 
lessons and a lot of advice. And the very first piece of advice I'll give you is some of those trends are bullshit and some of them are not. And if you want to sit there and try to figure out which are legit and which aren't, you can, but it's probably going to cost you a lot of money uh, losing and, and figuring out, okay, that's not legit. And that is, uh, I would say, forget the trends for the most part. It's not even worth trying to keep up and figuring out which ones are, are good and which ones are not. Because if Vegas will, will influx you with information, if you want it, it's there, uh, they'll give it to you, but so much of it is completely unnecessary. You do not need to care about this particular uh, AFC team that might be uh, one in eight in their last nine uh, NFC East road games at night. Because that stri- that particular trend might stretch back to ni- you know, 1984. That has no bearing at all on what's happening right now. So you really need to pay attention to, to those trends as far as making sure you don't fall into a trap. Uh, I, there's another drop that I just referenced I could probably find real quick. But uh, <laughs> seriously, these, these, those trends, they're, they're not your trends. We're caught in a trap I can't walk out There's my first little tip of tonight Trends are not your friend Because so many of them don't mean anything No, no, I, I completely agree uh, When it comes to Isn't it so perfect that the name of that song Is Suspicious Minds It is when you really think about it, because, you know, and people who don't realize that drop, all the, the significance it has, because all the way back in the days when you and I used to uh, talk about the trap games, one of us invariably would just start doing our Elvis impersonation. No, not one of us. Don't have... put that shit on me. I, I, my, I got a black card I got to protect. I didn't know uh, anything about that song before you brought it up, all right? I didn't know not, who sang it. All right. I didn't know no, it what was, all right. it was. Okay. That's all It you. was me. But yeah. now, you can't ima- now you can't imagine it any other way, right? You got to pull out the Elvis. I'll give you full credit for doing it. And, yes, now <laughs> every time we come across a trap game, I think about Suspicious Minds. Yes, and we call it an Elvis game for that very reason. Because you're caught in a trap. So, so we like to have we like to have a lot of fun with it. So, I, I think that's also the other side of it is I, 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 I we don't take it too seriously. Yeah, I don't think any either one of us is going to. I never lose on Thursday nights <laughs> in October if it's raining in the second half. Well, that's, <laughs> there's lesson number two: is you're going to have a lot. You're going to have an explosion. I predict. Uh, of of sort of tout services and oh, sure. Jimmy the Greek type guys and uh, Hank Greenberg type guys who will tell you, listen to me and I'll tell you what the lock of the century is tonight. <laughs> and some of them will ask you to pay for their service and, and get yeah. the lock and hope that you don't ever realize that they the, the people who subscribe to their servers, they give half of them one side, one team, and they give the other half the the, the opponent, the opposite side. And, and so they know half the people would be pissed off because they lost their lock, but the other half will come back going, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. He gave me the winner last night. And that's how they keep the, the fraud going uh, in perpetuity. So please be careful of the people you're getting advice from. 
and I tell you every t- every year that we do our show and we start giving our picks and our advice, if you want to take advice from us and, and use our advice, you go right ahead. Uh, don't get mad if it goes wrong because we're not telling you that it's guaranteed or we're not trying to sell you any any kind oh, of product thanks. or anything. Our show has always been free for its entirety and always will be. I can't imagine we're ever get good enough that we can charge for it, but I, I don't even know how you would monetize it that way anyway. But uh, we, we're just observing what we observe, and then we give you our observations, and you make your decision from there. Uh, and again, our track record speaks for itself. If you want to go to uh, our, our blog site, uh, which is uh, in much less detail.blogspot.com, there's all our picks right up there uh, for the past, God, uh, 10 years. Nine was, years. What, nine, nine, yeah, nine, nine years. Yeah, about nine years that we've been having all our picks documented on the on the web, on that blog site, uh, right there for you. Uh, but there's just so many charlatans out there that will tell you, that will try to sell you the sky, uh, which is not for sale. And you just have to be careful about that as well. Just if you want to, trust certain experts and get their knowledge and use their information. That's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just don't get taken advantage of by guys who are clearly just out to, to scam you. Yeah. And, and also, and I think actually, I, I, I don't know if it holds our record down or props our record up, but I honestly think there aren't too many places out there doing what we do that pick every single game. That's right. That's uh, that's the yeah. the real prideful part of the record, as far as I'm concerned, is so many seasons for both of us over 500 in that nine year run of the blog, and yeah. we don't skip any games. We pick every single game of the NFL, every regular season and playoff game. We have a pick for it. If we don't have too much confidence in that pick, we'll tell you. But we do make a pick anyway. Uh, so we're not trying to skip around. We're not trying to tell you, this is my five-point special tonight. These are the five games this weekend that we guarantee are going to be winners. No, we're, we're not trying to pull bullshit like that. We have all the picks. We have all the, the games. And we have all our opinions and, and all our reasons for picking those games. Even if the opinion and the reason is, eh, just because. we got a feeling. That's what we That's do. My That's move. what we say. That's my move. Well, it's usually your move. That's my move. That move never works as well for you. You, you, you know, you, you gotta have, yes, you gotta have. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you. Every time you try that, it just doesn't feel right. It feels dirty when you try it. Feels bad and it goes wrong. Every time, <laughs> every time I pick a team because <laughs> it's it, it just because pick that team loses by thirty. So yeah, I don't yeah. try that very often. Yeah, and usually see the just yeah, and the just because pick for me is usually the. I'm taking a massive underdog for no reason on earth. Like there's no nothing. Every sign points to that team not winning or not competing, you know. And a lot of times it will be a just because pick. I'll take the team to win. So a lot of times that's a I'm calling an upset. And uh, I, I've come through. I haven't come through on all of them, but I would. I, I'd love to know what my record is. It's got to be over 500 on the old just because pick. Uh, maybe we'll be popular enough someday that somebody will go back and listen to all those podcasts and tally yeah, that up. Anybody who wants to break it down for us, please be my guest. Uh, I'm assuming to, Sebastian to has something. Through our, uh, oh, he doesn't have anything boy. to do. He'll, he'll probably do it for us. Yeah, anybody who wants to pour through the hundreds of hours of this podcast now? <laughs> I mean, think, I mean, it's 
it's a lot. It's a lot of hours on this show um, that we have spent breaking down games. and 250 episodes, most of those episodes of the two-hour variety. (laughs) Some of them are three. We've had some three-hour. We've had some extravaganzas over the years. We have to make up for lost time. We don't get four hours a day like some of these talk shows. So we have to, when we get our chance, no. we have to really make it count. I, I will tell you, though, I, I've already figured out the trick. We've, I think we've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but we're on the air way more than any of these talk shows are. Right. We have no commercial. When you're, when, oh, my God. When, you, when I listen to some of these talk radio shows and they basically are off the air for the first seven minutes of every hour because it's news and weather and commercials – then they're on air for like six minutes. Then they're on commercial again. Then it's the bottom of the hour, and they're off the air again for for twelve minutes. I would I wouldn't be shocked if these radio personalities are on air for eighteen to twenty four minutes an hour total. And then that's and then how much of that get... time that they're on the air is them giving plugs and doing and doing ads on their own? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when that we do it, and... we do it straight. Sometimes they're just so sick of talking that that 18 minutes has worn them out so much. Then they go to the phone lines. They don't say anything. These yeah. the, the, the people call in and talk. To them. <laughs> well, we've had we've had hits and misses with that over the years. <laughs> hey, we've had some great I, calls. We have and some and loyal we never, callers. I, we've had some yeah, and we've had good guests and great calls and loyal loyal guests. And we've had some and we have had some interesting calls. It's one word to use. Yes, but I know I don't ever go to the phone line because I'm I'm out of words and I need to let the, the whoever's on the phone line come in and say something. I actually have to always stop and interrupt what I was saying in order to let the uh, the callers come in. But I take them anyway because I'm so stunned still that somebody wants to call the show and somebody say takes the time. To, yay, good. We oh always appreciate gosh. it. You know, don't we don't how- we don't have. I don't care how disgusting and rude and and perverted that you are that you've called the show. I still love you anyway for calling the show because I'm still (laughs) amazed that anybody will want to call the show. Yes, but just remember, he doesn't love you that way to some of those calls. No, no, not not in a bad touch way, no. Um, uh, The uh, the phone number, by the way, to call in uh, following up off of that is uh, area code 646-595-4534 if anyone has anything that they want to talk about. Usually during football season, that's the one that sort of, I don't want to say it hurts me to, to take a call, but we're so tight. The way we do our pick show is really, there's not too many minutes that are free. And then somebody wants to call in and, and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, uh, how you doing? I'm like, oh, come on, but we'll, man. We'll always, we'll always take Bryce's phone call. Bryce is the man. He is the 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 mascot of the show, and and he always has very insightful things to say. Uh, more much more insightful than either one of us, I dare say. And so, yeah, absolutely, I'm always happy to take Bryce's call. Uh, some of those other ones, eh, but but I love y'all anyway. I I, I really do. Uh, so sports gambling coming to all of America coming to first of all, coming to your local failing uh, hashtag failing hashtag sad racetrack, wherever you are, because it's probably going to come uh, to whatever uh, Delaware is going to get it into their, uh, to their track first and New Jersey, which is a state that first 
got this suit into the Supreme Court. They're trying to get sports gambling into their failing racetracks because horse racing is slowly dying all across the country, which is sad for me as a horse racing fan, which, by the way, reminds me to apologize to anyone who may have taken my advice about the Kentucky Derby because the horse that I picked to win that thing, he wasn't anywhere near uh, the, the, the field. He was off bad and never recovered. So I, I'm very sorry for that. But uh, the, the Triple Crown coming up this, this coming Saturday, we'll see if uh, another horse gets to do that very, very quickly. We, we had secretary and we had to wait 30 whatever years for, for the next uh, secretariat, or 40 years. And now we might have another one very quickly, just like that. Uh, might have two of them in, in, a, in a three-year stretch. Uh, but anyway, so they're going to come to your racetracks. For those of you trying to figure out how this is all going to work, they're going to come to your racetracks. They might come to your uh, off-track betting facilities for those states that have those already. I know, you know Illinois and Chicago area uh, have had those for years and years and years. Um, and then after those sort of become profitable and, sh- and show what the, the potential can be for gambling, after the, the states sort of see how it works, and figures out, then you can imagine those uh, those betting shops and, and spots like they have over in, in Great Britain and uh, Australia and other places. Uh, you can imagine those starting to open up slowly. Um, you know, not too bad. They don't want, you know, something on every corner like is McDonald's or something like that. But uh, I, I was uh, listening to a podcast, uh, Hang Up and Listen podcast, where they were talking to some guys uh, from Bloomberg, the the financial website Bloomberg, and they were talking about you know in, in about five years or so you can expect to you know, maybe half the states will have somewhere that you can go to to legally bet on a game, and that, that, you know that sounds about right. That sounds you know slow progressing, but you don't want to rush into something like that. Especially they don't have the uh, the 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 money figured out yet. You know Vegas, they, they you got the ten percent vig, and that seems to be uh, where everyone is. You know. I don't, I don't want to say happy with it, but they that that's what it is. They they accept that you got the ten percent that you're gonna give to the house on every bed, um, and they just accept that and try to to beat the house anyway. Uh, but with this now, the states are gonna want something, and now the, the the sports leagues themselves are gonna want something. I believe the NBA has already said they're gonna look for one percent of their own. And I don't think the states are going to say, hey, we got 10%. We're going to take one and just give it to the NBA. And then Major League Baseball will want one. And AFL, being greedy, probably want five. Uh, And we're just going to divvy it up and give it away. No, there's going to be something they figure out where the state will have to get a significant amount. The leagues, if they get anything, will uh, will get whatever they get. Uh, So I don't know how you see it, but I kind of expect the big to be something more than 10%. I don't know if it'll be 12% or 15% or something, but I don't think this is going to come in and just be, you know, Lottie Dodge just the way that we've always been used to it, to, to lay 110 to, to, to win 100. I don't think it's going to be like that. I can see it being the delay 115, maybe even delay 120, because there's a lot of money that's uh, up for grabs and all these different entities are going to want a piece of it. Yeah, I mean, you break you break that down a lot better than I will, being that you are for a short, you know, well, for a long while, actually. It wasn't a short while. You were Mr. Sports Gambling. I mean, you were you were very big into it. 
So you're going to have a much deeper insight into, you know, what, what, what states are going to be after. And obviously states are greedy. I mean, you'll see very quickly the states that are probably in the most financial distress will be the ones that are going to sign up for this because it'll be another revenue stream. I mean, I'm shocked Illinois isn't on board being that that state's been broke for what better part of a decade now. I mean, I'd be, I would be stunned if you didn't see that in, in Illinois in some pretty quick order, because anything that that state can do to bring in money, um, their taxes are already ridiculously high. Property taxes are high. I mean, that, you know, it's just, we live there. We know uh, it's not, it's not the most well, uh, affordable place we're so to live. familiar with it. Yeah. I'm sure there are so, many other states that are in dire streets as well, but we're very familiar with yeah. how bad off Illinois is. Illinois is notoriously broke. Uh, California is yeah. is in rough shape. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, this is this, this isn't any different than what we're seeing with the the marijuana legalization for states as a revenue stream and what it's done for the economies of those states that have adopted that with all the extra tax that they have brought in by making this a more controllable issue in those states in Washington. Colorado has been uh, bringing in a lot of money since this came in. So, you know, so if sports gambling, uh, which is probably actually worse for you than marijuana, (laughs) um, I wouldn't know, but I'm just saying, you know, you think (laughs) about the the impact that it could have on your life. I I would actually expect uh, more lives have been ruined by gambling than by, um, than by pot overall. Probably right. Uh, just saying, just going out on, I guess there, um, you know, when you, when you, when you're, when you're, when you're just high on dope and, 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 and marijuana and you're just mellow, a uh, lot better situation than when you just, you know, mortgage off your house and uh, have nothing left to your name because you were going to make that one big bet and you knew it was just going to come through. So you know, and gambling is just, you know, and gambling can be just as addictive as any substance abuse. I, I think that's been proven. So states are going to make money on that hand over fist. I wouldn't be shocked if that was a, a big trend now that it's been wide open. I and mean, we kind of knew, didn't we kind of see the doorway to this being open once they started allowing sports franchises into Vegas? Wasn't that sort of the, wasn't that sort of the, okay, we kind of get it now. You know, it's not like, oh, if we put a sports franchise, a major sports franchise in Vegas, it's going to just be corrupt. Yes, exactly. Like, that's uh, If you like want to research and go back, what what does what the major leagues used to say about the prospect of having a franchise in Vegas, uh, it was funny how they painted it as just the end of civilization as we know it. And now, right. yeah, there's, there's the Raiders, there's the Golden Knights. Uh, it's not so bad anymore. Once they figure yeah, out I mean, they can make it, money from it. And when you figure that how how much of the NFL's rise to success is almost directly oh. tied to gambling and fantasy sports and no one day doubt. fantasy leagues, I mean, so the hypocrisy. When you know the NFL is not exactly known for its uh, lack of hypocrisy <laughs> when it comes to things. <laughs> so as I as I'm sitting here pouring myself whiskey, no joke. Um, <laughs> what I. For people who are not familiar with our show, I do have an I do have an occasional drink now and then during our show. So I'm doing that no, right please now. Please don't don't paint yourself as an alky sitting there getting drunk. Every no, day. not I at all. like that. As we're talking about substance abuse and gambling abuse and all that stuff, I'm <laughs> yeah. sitting here with a 
with a bottle of Canadian club and a can of Coke, having a little uh, whiskey and Coke here. No, um, I wasn't going to bring up how much damaged alcoholism does as, as far as you want to talk about the sins and whatnot. And the, the, I wasn't well, yeah, going to bring up I mean, the 30,000 people killed every year by drunk driving, but that, that's another exactly. story. But when obviously that's all regulated, the taxes on that are high. And, and you're right. This is basically just going to become another, another revenue stream with the with the legalized sports gambling. And sure, is it going to affect spreads? I mean, it's probably not going to affect what's coming out of Vegas. But if you're walking into a local book, you're, you might not get the generosity if you went to Vegas and went into a book with the velocity oh, of the point. money, you know. So who's saying any of this is going to be regulated and to what level, you know, so it's all got to be watched. So I'll be very curious to see how it plays out. Um, I, I live in a state where all the casinos are Indian casinos, you know, here in Wisconsin. I don't know. It's a separate nation in a lot of cases. So I don't know if that would ever seep in there, but you know, they're going to want to, you, you know, the nation is going to want to piggyback onto this, this sports gambling trend. I don't know what the I legalities are there, but I'm just saying, I don't know I what the legalities are. Exactly. Yeah. And if I could drive 30 miles to a local casino and, and, you know, go, th- go throw $20 down on the Super Bowl, a lot easier than flying to Vegas, a lot cheaper too. Now that uh, you were talking about the um, different ways uh, of regulating and, and what, how, how it may not be as regulated as Vegas. And it, certainly a lot of these states are not going to know what they're doing, trying to run a sports book. They're going to bring in experts right. to try to help them out, but uh, that doesn't mean they're going to be any good. Uh, so that means uh, opportunities for gamblers. You can, hopefully it'll be widespread enough in the future that you can sort of do some spread shopping. You can go around and find places that'll be able to give you a deal. And that's like anything else too in business. Uh, if you have a service that's taking such a big chunk out of the, the VIG, like I said, I think it's going to go up. But if you start having smaller places that, that are willing to give you a break to get your business because no one knows about them, they got to drum up business somehow. Hey, you remember that minus 110 juice that you used to get in, in when you were in Vegas and you know, now we're a little higher because everybody wants a piece. Hey, come over here and, and we'll give you 110 again. Or this other place says, really? Well, how about we give you even odds? How about you come here and we'll give you even? Yeah, so that's going to start it. Hopefully uh, it won't be immediate, but once it gets more widespread, you'll be able to shop around and figure out the best deal for yourself and also shop around as far as point spreads go. Because if, uh, you know, Joe Blow wants to give you minus three and a half and the other person says, oh, I'll give you minus three. We'll, we'll take that hook off of there. Of course, you're going to go with the with the minus three. Uh, so things like that uh, are in the future, but not immediately because it's going to be such a slow crawl in the beginning. It's going to be a very slow building. Uh, Vegas, I'm sure you can go, you can run around. The one time we were both out in Vegas together a couple of years ago, we didn't really have time to run around looking for different places to find the best point spreads. But if you can, if you can, you can do that. I'm sure there's many people that do that often. That's that. Oh, okay. Well, let me walk down two blocks here to the wind, and I, I know I got a better sp- uh, spread down there. Uh, 
so all of that is is going to be part of the the ball of wax as well. Yeah, and it'll be exciting to see the impact it has on what we do. You know, and as as it becomes more mass marketed and open up to more people, um, do we see a different a way a difference in the way that the lines are set? Do we see them becoming a little bit more aggressive? Do the, these games get even harder to pick? Because um, sometimes you look at it like, man, what were they thinking? You know, sometimes there are ones that even that are even too obvious to us. <laughs> I hate to say it. Uh, every once in a while, doesn't we it seem like half the yeah. half the time those wind up going the way that the book says, and half the time we we come out yeah. on top. It feels like we win all of those, but I, I don't think we do. I think it I think it really is about half the time it winds up going the way that the the book said it would anyway. Sure. Yeah, a lot of times those do feel like traps. A lot of times it does feel like that you are being goaded into making a pick. They're almost daring mm-hmm. you to take the pick. But every once in a while, we do get one where it's just easy. Like, you're like, well, what the hell? You know, and there's just no reason for it. And you take it and you win on it. And we never look back. Every once in a while, you get those two. I, I wonder if we're going to see a little bit of a decline in those. We've all, I mean, you and I, and again, we're not trying to, to like just push ourselves on this show or that's not the intent of this episode, but you and I could probably sit down and look at an NFL week and set the lines with no advance, knowing what the schedule is off of the results. And we talk about it a lot on the show. Well, we're pretty damn close. We are, you know, so I think that's, I think that's interesting that that we can that that we've got that feel for the way for the way that it's been where you know and it, it all and it's so many things go into that because Vegas I will say it can be finicky with the way that it sets lines because it is not above a falling for a hot trend either when it sets lines or buying into a team that has no business being bought into or, or some fool's gold teams they buy into those sometimes too. Well, they have and to we, figure out how to balance it on. Right. And these are people setting these lines. And, and yeah, they're not infallible. They're not, but we've been doing. We've been picking every game for thirty <laughs> years, so we should know a little bit about this. So it makes sense that we're close on these lines. But yeah, I, I can see a couple of scenarios playing out where uh, the lines might be different. If it if it's widespread betting as opposed to what it is right now, uh, the first thing that pops in my mind is you think about like the uh, Saturday night conference semifinal game at New England, where the Patriots are guaranteed to be about a thirteen fourteen point favorite. If everybody figures that out and and figures out that that's New England owns that block that that's their street that's their block. And whoever comes in there is going to get anally raped. If everyone figures that out and there's even more money put on the Patriots, I can see that line getting to be, you know, 16, 17, 18. Yeah. When people figure out that that's what's, you know, that that's what they do. They, they dominate on Saturday night uh, in the, in the second week of, of NFL playoffs, uh, something like that, something that, that's, that you would go to those trends that I was telling you to don't pay any attention to that sometimes they actually are, are worth paying attention to because that trend, it's not like that stretches back to new England's playoff run from 1970 something that's recent that the, that new England dominates in the, uh, in the second round of the playoffs. That's the, that's this coach. That's this quarterback. That's this offensive coordinator. That's this 
regime right now that's actually in effect right now so that trend you actually would want to pay attention to and don't fall for any fool's gold like anybody who might have put money on Tennessee last year going up to New England which was just that that was such a route uh so something yeah, like that, that. that was bad something like that if enough money gets put on it yeah I can see the spreads getting pushed up for for events like that real easy Okay, well, we, we we managed to put thirty six minutes into this. I mean, we uh, we tie in a bow on this, or we we expand on this. If you have a different angle, I don't think I have a different angle. I was just uh, trying to bring up as many points about it as as, as I came across yeah. uh, ever since uh, the the courts opened it up. I, I the one other thing that's interesting to me. Uh, that I believe I heard on that uh, Hang Up and Listen podcast was Vegas having the, um, the 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 methods to set these lines. And we're talking about how great they are at it in general. Um, there's algorithms that go into that. There's statistical uh, information that goes into that. I wonder how quickly the states can get their hands on that. I wonder how much it's going to cost them to get those algorithms algorithms from Vegas, easy for me to say. Um, I wonder how much that gets baked into the cost of of making a bet as well. The states are going to have to recoup that money back somehow. Uh, And also, uh, probably of of interest to me more than than you, because I have experience in this too, is the uh, sort of rise of the, uh, I call it like the run-pass wager or the play-by-play type wager, because that's a, a new thing. Um, I remember uh, a website called Trade Sports back when I was doing my online gambling thing uh, in my 20s and 30s. Uh, there was a site called Trade Sports that it, it set up. I, I'm going to do a terrible job of explaining how it worked, but I'm going to try anyway. They they set from, imagine from 1 to 100, the game starts and say the uh, there, there's sort of a, a, a line there on the, on the number 50. So I guess there's like a 50-50 chance uh, of how the game's going to go as soon as the game starts. But, of course, if it's a favorite um, and you're talking about not with the point spread, you're talking about straight up, then it's going to start sort of skewed. So say a, a seven-point football favorite, it wouldn't really start on 50. It would start more like 66 or 67 or something like that uh, in, in favor of the, uh, the favorite team. So that number represents what you would be trying to buy at that price. You'd want to buy at 67 to try to win a hundred. Um, and you keep buying shares uh, depending on how good you feel about it. And as the game is going on, it's going up and down depending on what happens in the game. So it could go up if the favorite is dominating in the first half. It could already be up in the 90s, 94, 95, 96, 98, 99. Obviously, at that point, it's not worth buying because you're only going to make a cent. Uh, or and, and if they have a, a catastrophic collapse and, and wind up losing the game, then you lose a, a shit ton of money. But on the other hand, if if it's going that way, if you if you see a team getting destroyed and you think, and you know what? I think there's a chance they're going to come back and win. Then you go all the way down to that one and you buy that other side, you buy that underdog uh, and, and you hope for the comeback. You know, you don't blow your wad trying to buy uh, an underdog, but if you, if you legitimately see a reason to buy that underdog, you go ahead and, and buy them low. And uh, as the comeback 
starts, then it starts going up to 20, 25, 30. It was, uh, it was a little bit of a rush for, for somebody like me, for a degenerate gambler like me. One of my more successful, well, a couple uh, of my more successful gambling stories or, or victories uh, in my, for my days of gambling came because of trade sports. One of them was the Kentucky Derby that I attended in 2004, whatever year that Smarty Jones won the Kentucky Derby. Um, he went off on the track that day, at, I remember, at 4-1. to one. And, and me and the uh, the person that I went with had him at 4-1, to one and, and he came in, and we were very, very happy, and we made a good amount of money. But individually, I made even more money because I had Smarty Jones – uh, and sort of a futures type deal on trade sports for a lot better than four to one. So it, it was a double win for me when he, when he came through. Um, and the, the second thing, uh, the second successful gambling adventure that I had on trade sports was during a game. So I'm sitting there. This is when I lived uh, five blocks from Wrigley field. I, I lived so close that I could hear the, the crowd through my window. It was, it was, uh, it was that close to the stadium. So I'm sitting there watching uh, a Cubs game at Wrigley Field. Uh, I forget who they were playing. I think it might have been the Dodgers. But they're losing the game, not by a lot, maybe by a couple runs, and it's the sixth or seventh inning. And I, I, I bring this story up so I can sort of pop you a little bit because I get to bring up two old baseball names, and we always love – bringing up old baseball names uh, and getting a giggle out of it because we remember them. Uh, I remember that, the, uh, I, like I said, I think it was the Dodgers, but I'm not totally sure. Whoever, whatever team was beating the Cubs goes to their bullpen. And the guy they bring in out of their bullpen is Juan Acevedo. And I immediately, and I, I'm not friends with these guys anymore, but I had two friends that were standing there over my shoulder watching me bet this game in real time. And they were sort of, uh, enthralled by the trade sports concept as well. They saw me load up my mouse on betting the Cubs when they were down four to two, as soon as Juan Acevedo came into the game, because I knew Juan Acevedo was a jack master. And I knew that there was a good chance he was going to give up the home run that put the Cubs in the lead because there were men on base when he came into the game. And I'm pretty sure the batter that came up that did the deed was Todd Hollinsworth. You definitely remember Todd wow. Hollinsworth. Yeah. So my mouse is hovered on the button to click to buy the Cubs, who are at this point like in the 30s uh, or 20s or 30s because they're, they're down and it's getting late in the game. So if I buy this big bunch, uh, this big volume of, of shares at 20 or 30 or whatever, um, I'm going to be in for a, a big amount. And the moment Hollinsworth swung the bat and made contact, and I heard the eruption from the crowd from my window, five blocks from Wrigley Field, I hit the button, and I bought all those shares at 20 and 30, and the, the screen flashed, and the, the line was off the board for a second because that's how it usually worked, was in between plays. It sort of flashed and went off the board and then came back at the new odds depending on the, the result of the play. So I got it just barely in the nick of time. And it was a three-run homer, I believe. And it put the Cubs up five to four. And when the new odds came back after it flashed, the Cubs were like up at 70, 75. So I got them for 30 to, to win 100. 
uh, and they held on to to win the game. Now, of course, to make that come true, they, they got to hold on to win the game. So their bullpen had to come in and, and hold it down, but they did it. And that was a huge, huge money-making day for me. And I can see something like that getting into the, the mainstream. Again, not immediately. These things take time. But I can certainly imagine 10, 15, 20 years from now, we're sitting there and uh, in a bar watching a game and watching a bunch of young people on their phones with their fingers hovered over a button ready to make in-game bets and uh, depending on the outcome of a play and, and betting is this next play in, in football is going to be a run or a pass. It's, this is the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have third and 18. We know they're going to run the ball because they have no confidence in their quarterback, whoever their quarterback may be. So everyone just loading up and ready to make that, that wager that's going to be a run. I can see something like that absolutely coming down. And uh, again, I hope whoever does it, the, the, the betters that do it, I hope they're responsible about it and they don't uh, ruin their families by doing it. But if you're responsible and if you do it for fun, it can absolutely be a, a lot of fun. and It can enhance uh, the, the, the game watching experience greatly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no different than fantasy, right? I mean, no, no different sure. than the excitement that you get with fantasy football. And there's a lot of people that are in fantasy for money. A lot of these people will do this this one-day fantasy sports, which is gambling. And I think was oh, – it is gambling. I mean, I don't know what – I know that that became a big deal with these with these uh, daily sports places. Well, no, no, it's not. It's entertainment. But let's be real. It's gambling. And and now with the push towards this all being legalized around the board, I think they can operate also as a little bit more honest. We all know it's gambling. You know, you're, you're, you're paying an entry. You're, yeah, you're paying an entry fee to get into a certain bracket. If you finish in a certain area, you win money. That's gambling. So. Whatever. <laughs> If that's on the line, whatever it is you're doing, it's gambling. I'm sorry. You can title it whatever you want, but if you got money on the line, it's gambling. Right. I mean, you and you, you know, we, we have little wagers that we do for certain little things during the season and they might not be monetary. It might be all oh, someone gets to choose the theme music or somebody has got to be punished by watching the ESPN draft coverage. It's still gambling. We're, we're still betting some playing for something, and I, you know, if you're playing for something, you're, you're gambling. Yeah, even if you're just playing for pride, you can sort of try to title that as gambling. Yeah. But it's laughable if you are playing for money and trying to not title that as gambling. That's right. just the joke. And not only if you're playing for money, but you're investing money. If you're putting money right. in, expecting more money out, and putting that money at risk, isn't that that, that, that should almost be like the textbook of definition of gambling? Yes. <laughs> Exactly what it is. Uh, gamble responsibly, folks. Only bet what you're willing to lose. That's the rule, right? Uh, yes, I can. I can. I can vouch for that. Please don't get. Don't bet more <laughs> than you can afford to lose, and don't bet money that's, that's not really your money, like credit cards. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Not really yours. No, that's funny money. <laughs> I can testify that. Don't do that because that's not really your money. All right, so yeah, you if you want to move on from something else, and then what what else you got on your mind? 
Well, I mean, I was sitting here. I mean, we'd probably be remiss if we didn't do a little talking about the uh, NBA finals with those going on right now. And I was watching the show that the uh, Warriors were putting on in the little corner of my screen here on the computer and with my antenna feed in the bottom right-hand corner of my TV and, and watching uh, Steph Curry and the, and the Warriors just pouring it in on the Cavaliers. And I I was not on board with the idea, and I don't know where you felt we haven't talked about this. Game one happened in between our shows. I yeah. was totally not on board with the idea that the fact that the Cavs hung around in game one, even though they lost, was any kind of an indicator that this was going to be an extended series. I looked at that more as the Cavs blowing their chance to win a competitive game, and by losing a game they should have won, for whatever reason, was taken away from them, was it controversial, what the hell was J.R. Smith doing, any of those reasons, they still, the, the outcome was they lost. And... I honestly thought I, I felt even better about my Warriors and five pick after that game one. I don't know how you feel. This were pardon the interruption. We'd have to figure out a way before the show to how are we going to play this? How, who's going to take a different angle? Oh sure, who's yeah. Gonna who's going to have the opinion? Right, yeah, right. Uh, but since we aren't PCI, that's I'm 100% feel the, the exact same way that you did that the uh, Cavaliers and J.R. Smith specifically, um, just completely gave away a chance to win that game. Now, George Hill missing that free throw is part of it, too, because they would have been up one. However, you almost get the feeling that 3.4 seconds, the Warriors just would have went down to the other end, drawn up a play, got a basket, and won the game anyway. Uh, But to get the offensive rebound in the and have it a tie game with three seconds left, and now you can create your own – game-winning shot or call a timeout and draw up something. Uh, and instead, J.R. Smith chooses option C. There's two options there. Option A is take the offensive rebound, try to score and win the game. Option B is call a timeout to draw up a play to try to score and win the game. J.R. Smith chose option C, which is run the other way with the basketball and make sure your team has no chance to win in regulation uh, because you, for some reason, thought that you were still ahead uh, and you were trying to run out the clock which is I don't ever want to hear anyone talk about LeBron James not being that good because he uh, is waiting to try to get a better team around him. He can't just win with bums. He has to try to win. How can you see that and have anything but compassion for LeBron James and what he has to put up with? That's one of his teammates, that guy. Can you imagine anybody on Michael Jordan's team doing that, what he would have done to him? Jordan would have had them out in the alley gutted and filleted like a fish hanging up in the alley on a hook yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I couldn't imagine I yeah. I couldn't imagine, you know, some scrub bulls player, and they didn't have many scrubs, but you know, one of their one of their like Judd lower tier guys. Yeah, Judd <laughs> somebody misses a free throw and I couldn't see like BJ Armstrong <laughs> you know, first he out muscles like three dudes for the rebound, right? There were three guys yeah. there waiting for that board. So J.R. Smith goes up and, and gets the board, which is wow. That he got the he got the board off the missed free throw. I couldn't. Could you imagine any of those Bulls players turning then and dribbling out to half court? <laughs> no, because <laughs> they know Jordan would have had to. You commit. 
Yeah, can you commit a, a foul on your own player? Like if Jordan just ran up and punched the dude, could you? Can you commit a foul on your own player? I know you can. In, I know you can in football. I have seen it happen before, where somebody hit their own guy and got like an unnecessary roughness call one time. No joke. I think LeBron would have. I think LeBron would have tackled J.R. Smith if he'd have realized what the fuck J.R. Smith was doing. But it happened so fast. I don't think he knew. Yeah. He was like, "What? What? Yeah. What are you doing?" So obviously oh, no. the next day, so the next day the whole narrative is, oh, this is a series now. Where I'm watching <laughs> this more critically, going, no, this series is over. One, the Warriors are not going to play this bad again. They had a very bad game. Mm-hmm. They had a terrible game, by my estimation. They they, they weren't hitting the three. They looked at they looked. You you know like they had had a break, <laughs> and they had had you know like like they didn't even have a long one, but like maybe they were tired from that Houston series, or they were thinking, oh, we got this, and they had that little bit of a letdown game, like they had already played their finals by beating Houston, and they were going to come into this game and they were just going to roll over. Cleveland gave them a game, and in game two here, Cleveland looked. I mean, the Warriors were running them out of the gym. I mean, I mean, the second half, as, every time that game sped up, you knew the Cavs were done because the Cavs are old and the Cavs are slow and the Cavs don't play much defense. And if you get the Warriors running, it's over. And, and that game was four-point game at times in the uh, second quarter. And, and, and then, boy, they just took off. And, and, and you should did, I don't know if you were paying attention, but some of the shots the Warriors were making were ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I, I turned it off because there's nothing to watch, but yeah. Yeah, so I had it going. And I mean, a couple of times during the show, I almost I almost had to break out, you know, like, oh, you know, but I, I, I kept calm. <laughs> and that's what the, the Warriors are. are they're, they're a dynasty. They're great. I have a personal problem with some of the personalities. Uh, Steph Curry can be a, a bitch at times. Uh, and Draymond Green is just a, a penis. Um, but I'm not, I can't take anything away from basketball wise. They're one of the most exciting, dominating dynasties, uh, in NBA history. They just are. And I'm 100% agree with your assessment that the Cavaliers had game one, that they would have made it a series by, by stealing game one and by not just losing it, but losing it the way they lost it by just giving it away. That series is completely over. There's no way the Cavaliers were recovering from that. Yeah, I, I'm sitting here now watching Golden State up 2-0. I don't, there's no scenario. And we could be proven wrong. We're proven wrong all the time doing what we do in sports. But I see no scenario by where Cleveland wins four out of the next six games. Yeah, it, it would have to be four out of the next five. They, they, they can't beat Cle- uh, Golden oh, right, State. Oh, right, four out of the next, next five. I'm sorry. They have to win four out of the next five games against that team? No. I mean, unless unless the Warriors just go completely ice cold, and I figure the, I mean, they're going to win one of these next two games. I figure the, I figure the Warriors win one of these next two games in, in Cleveland. In Cleveland, uh, if, if not both, but they they win one mm-hmm. out of these next two in Cleveland. They come back to they come back and they win Game Five, and I, I think it's uh, I'm sticking to my Warriors and five assessments that I had before the series started. And it looks like a very good one. And I honestly don't think there's any – the only other possibility I think is Warriors in four. I don't see Cleveland winning these next two in Cleveland. So I, I think it's going to be one yep. of those two. 
Okay, so it's, so basically it's going either four or five by our by our estimation. We could see either one of those. I mean, I'll be stunned if this gets to six, and I'll I'll fall out of my chair if it gets to seven. <laughs> it's not getting to seven, right? It just can't. It, it, no, no. I mean, I, I don't. The, the, the Cavaliers just don't have the team. And you know, we made the case in the last show, and we, uh, you know, about the greatness of LeBron. And and I know there are people out there. You always cite your uncle. People who are out there just want to hate on LeBron. He's a great player, but he is he is going to these finals every year with nobody. I mean, they're, 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 who's supporting him out there? And he did all he could to win that first game. Yeah. He there's oh, like yeah. nothing else he could have done. I knew J.R. Smith to take that and just run away with it. Yeah. I knew that the Cavs were screwed the next day when I saw all the historic stats for LeBron becoming the first guy to do this much in a game in a losing effort. Right. Like I mean, and again, some people wanted to spin that as a positive thing where I was like, no, 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 listen to me. He did all of that and they still lost. See? Even that, 51 and all the everything, all of that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Was, he had to do was, all of that just uh, to have this game be tied at the end of regulation. He had to do all of that. And then obviously Golden State ran away with it in the overtime. But he's not doing that every game. LeBron scored 29 tonight. They lost by 19. Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he right. did all of that so that one so that one teammate can brick a free throw and the other one can take the ball and go, Wee, I'm running away the other way. <laughs> now, J.R. Smith thankfully has given us one of the most meme worthy plays now <laughs> in the social media era of sports. I saw some stuff on Twitter I just couldn't believe. I mean the the yeah. clips they were interspersing the clips of him running the ball out to midcourt with him running out and running and shopping for liquor. I don't know if you saw that one. Yep. Sure. Uh, you know he they have the clip his. of. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is there some history with J.R. Smith and Hennessy that I don't know about, or was it just that's the brand du jour? Or I, I I'm I'm not hip enough to know that that that's his drink, but it might be his. Drink. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, J.R. Smith was so busy he had to take the rebound out to half court because he was going to shop for some some liquor. It was, I, I loved it. I don't know what the history was behind that meme, but it was funny. Uh, I saw another one that was captioned of just a picture of J.R. Smith's face looking all sort of like confused, and the caption was, "I was looking for Kyrie." <laughs> I saw one where his face was confused, and the, the thought bubble said, "Wait, when did the Warriors get KD?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all the all the all the all the ones of LeBron with the hands out and all the things they were doing. Yeah. So yeah, that that play has given the social media folks a, a lot to work with. Uh, that's that's going to go down in in some infamy here in in the annals of Twitter and and meme worthy things in sports. This isn't one that we're soon to forget. Now, from what it's looking like, the the Jordan crying face might uh, might have some company with the LeBron, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing face. Yeah, I mean, thank God we didn't have Twitter back with Jim Marshall. <laughs> you know, you know what? He didn't live it down without social media, so you I can know, only imagine. But could you? Could you imagine? 
if we had Twitter on something like that, or no. or if we had Twitter with Leon Lett, could you imagine Leon Lett and oh. Twitter? Oh, there's a lot of poor souls that would have really, really <laughs> suffered with with social media. More on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP program, yeah. and we survived a whole show with no connection issues. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm waiting for the show to just drop us any moment. Trying to give Ball Talk Radio the credit here for actually having a clean yes, show. Yes, no. Or maybe it's, Thank you, yeah. maybe it's on us for connecting the yeah. right way. I don't know what the right way would be. Yes. But, uh, but, but see, yeah, we've also good. had... We've also had no Trump or Russia jokes in this show so far either. There it is. There it is. We we didn't uh, address any of that, so we didn't get cut off by the the oligarchs. <laughs> the Russian oligarchs are now hacking into our show. They have oh god, what was it? A troll farm or whatever it was they were they were they were calling it. Yeah. Hacking, hacking into our show. I what uh, you did spend some moments and a decent amount of the last show. Uh, talking about a subject I'd like an update on from you, and that would be the brief MLB oh, no. career of Alex Reyes. Go. I mean, the career's not over. He hurt his lat. He came back. He he finally came back from the rehab and and the dominate the dominant rehab start he had down here in Memphis, and he took the major league mound and he looked dominant on the major league mound for about an inning and a half, and then he. Heard his lad, and now he's back on the disabled list. So, uh, you tried to uh, blame that on the jinx of, of me. But that that's not how my jinx works. My jinx works where I pick the guy up in my fantasy league after talking him up like that on the last show, and then he hurts himself. I didn't have him on my fantasy league. That's somebody else's jinx. That's not my jinx this time. All I did was blame him because of how great he was. I know, but I just, I found, come on, I found a lot of humor in the fact that you talked him up so much. I didn't even realize that he had gotten the call up. And yeah, the next morning day. after it happened, it says Reyes. And I was like, well, wait a minute, St. Louis, is he up? And then, oh yeah, they had, called, they had called up their, their sort of like phenom, you know, pitcher. He, he made it back to the bigs for all of an, Just an inning and a third. Just Thursday night before that he didn't need any more minor league rehab starts. I, no, no, you you are correct about that, but it, it is it is your move. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, normally it's got a fantasy slant, but it did feel very you to to give that kid that much airtime and talk about the spectacle. And, and and again, it was a spectacle and it was a real thing that happened. And and it was you know, and like you said, that was sort of like. Your the moment that I had with with Kerry Wood with the twenty strikeouts, you had that moment. You knew you were watching something special, and then this kid gets back to the bigs and promptly gets hurt. Yeah, well, <sighs> I, it, it was funny. I, 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 I had to laugh. I, I had to laugh. I had to give you crap for it. I know. All I, I would be me some if I didn't. Are are not. Their, their bodies just aren't meant to hold up in, in the major leagues. He might be one of those guys, oh. unfortunately. He can, he can clearly dominate the minors, though. But something just happens to those lats in the I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
So now let me uh, talk up another guy that's gotten enough hype that there's no way I could possibly jinx him because everyone's been talking about him Uh-oh. since even even before the, the baseball season began. Of course, that would be the the Los Angeles, California, Orange County Angels uh, two-way player Shohei Otani. And all I really want to do is just marvel at what he's doing and, and just read the raw numbers because – I don't know about you, but I never thought in my lifetime that, you know, going back to Brooks Kieschnick and, and all the other guys that have tried to go two ways, I never thought I'd see somebody do this at the major league level through a significant portion of the season. And I consider two months now a significant portion. If I read his stats from those first few games, uh, because he had a, a – Homer or two homers his first week uh, batting and then his first couple starts were were awesome. That would have been a little out of bounds. Not you know I I get the hype and I I was very impressed by it. And I was thrilled to see it. But you don't go crazy over two starts and two uh, uh, batting appearances, uh, two games batting. But this is two months now that Shohei Otani has been at this. So this here's his stats after two months of major league action. Two months at the Highest level of baseball on the planet. Eight games started, four and one record with a 318, a sparkling 318, as, as Steve Stone would say, a sparkling 318 ERA, uh, a 1.08 whip. 45 and a third innings pitched. He's walked 17 and he struck out 57 in 45 and a third innings. That's pretty damn good for any starting pitcher. Then at the plate, uh, I believe this is as of today where he went one for three or one for four. Uh, he's batting 282 with a 368 on base percentage and 556 slugging, six home runs, eight doubles, 20 runs knocked in. And because he's a hell of an athlete, he's thrown in a stolen base as well. That's one man doing all of that. And that is incredible. I don't know if he's going to keep these paces up for pitching or batting, but if he does, that's just marvelous. I'm sorry. I know he's gotten a lot of hype, and I know a lot of people are probably sick of hearing about him. It's fucking amazing what he, what this guy is doing at the plate and on the mound. You've seen the stuff, the the, the 97-mile-an-hour fastball, the, the 88-mile-an-hour split finger, the, the sick-breaking stuff. You've seen him at the plate, the, the sort of Ichiro-like uh, swatting of the ball, with a with a leg sort of running towards first, uh, but he's got a little more juice than Ichiro. He's got uh, some power. I remember, uh, I think his second or third home run, he took an inside fastball from Corey Kluber, who's kind of good, uh, and just jacked him over the center field wall. And it's like, oh shit! So this guy has got all sorts of athletic ability, all sorts of potential, and I'm just enjoying the hell out of watching him play baseball, whether it's pitching or batting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not tired of I was tired of it at the beginning, but it's died down a little bit. But it's also died down as, you know, he's sort of normalized a little bit in his performance or maybe the spectacle of it's worn off. It was getting bad, though, when I had to get the updates on MLB Network when he was drawing walks. (laughs) Do I really need an update? On the bottom line, on any sports station, the Shohei Otani drew a walk against somebody. Uh, That was a bit much. But again, that's not him. He drew the walk. Good for him. That's the media. That's the coverage of it. So in more cases, more often than not, it's not the player I have any issue with. 
It's the coverage. It's this, you know, over glorification, or I believe the word you use a lot is star fucking that they do. And that's, and that's kind of what it became there for a while. And he was deserving all the accolades for what he was doing. And it was very special. I, I just fear, and my worry with Otani is I just don't think the Angels are using him right. I just don't think this is going to last. At some point, I think he is going to end up either being a hitter or a pitcher. I don't know how long they're going to be able to do this. Once a week he starts, and then the rest of the week he hits. I think at some point they're going to come to a realization that they need him or some team would need him more in one area than another area. That's just the feeling that I get. That overuse could almost could come into play too. So I, I, I'm a little worried that I that the Angels just aren't using him properly, and the Angels have sort of started that slide. I think you know the Angels were they they shot out like a cannon, and they've sort of they, they've come down. I don't think anybody expected that the Angels were going to be a serious threat to the Astros with as special as that Astros team is and as young and fast and powerful. I mean, they do everything very well and they can pitch. I don't think the Angels with that deeply flawed team that they had were looking at making a serious run at the Astros. They they looked competitive for that stretch when when, when all the Otani hype was going on. But as we get into the, the days of summer here, and especially into the dog days of summer, that overuse, I, I think, could almost start to, to creep up. So I... I'm still out on it. The jury's still kind of out on it. The the, the the league now, fortunately, because he's got the skill set as a pitcher or as a hitter, you can sort of see where is the league going to adapt to him first. And I think whichever the league adapts to first, whether it's him as the hitter or him as the pitcher, the decision then gets made to make him the other and just stick with that. I have the exact same fear that you do. I'm uh, enjoying it immensely, but at the same time, I'm still uh, just like you're afraid that is this really going to be something that works long term? Uh, they have specifics on what they're doing with him, uh, as you alluded to. He's been starting a, a, approximately once a week. Uh, seems like usually it's on a Sunday afternoon. I don't know uh, if he has a preference of pitching in the daytime or is this a Mike Sosha thing that he's decided to make him his Sunday afternoon guy. Uh, he does. He never hits. Uh, he never plays uh, uh, batting as a, as a designated hitter uh, the day before or the day after he starts on the mound. And he also has not played the field at all. He's strictly a designated, hit, designated hitter. They don't want to risk him hurting something, trying to, to field something in the outfield or something like that. Uh, so he really is truly a designated hitter. Um, and they also have not yet uh, done what I thought would almost be a natural, which is to have him just not be hit for uh, uh, the days that he pitches to, to have him also be in effect, the designated hitter on that day as well. Just have him go up there and, and hit for himself. Uh, I thought they'd at least give that a try, even with the uh, acknowledgement that what you're doing by doing that is throwing away your DH for the day. Cause once he comes out of the game, you now have to pinch hit for him as if you were, a, you're basically a national league team that day. Uh, if you use him as your DH uh, while he's pitching, but I thought they tried anyway. But uh, but they clearly have a plan. They're not just throwing him out there and saying, oh, "All right, you're going to hit today, and then you're going to pitch tomorrow, and you're going to hit the, the the next day." They clearly 
uh, have a plan to try to cut down his workload. Um, but I'm st- I still have the same fear as you do that uh, long term is not going to work. But I don't know if I, I, I can't really put a, a finger on what I would have Mike Socha do differently um, if I were him. Uh, I, I'm I don't know. I think the plan that they're using is kind of a I don't want to say a foolproof plan, but I'm just saying I don't know what I would do differently. The the amount of rest between uh, starts, uh, six seven days between starts to make sure his arm is plenty rested. Uh, the fact that they won't let him hit the day before or after a start to make sure he's definitely got some downtime, some so that he's mentally he's you know gets a chance to take a breather as well. I think that's a good idea. Um, I'm worried like you, but I don't know what I would do differently, really. Right, and let's say that the Angels are playoff relevant. How does this play out? It's easy to play this out in Ju- in May, in June. How does this play out in a pennant chase? How does this play out in a playoff series? I, I mean, they, you they may have a plan coming. for that. I, I, maybe they do. I just, I'm not, I'm, I'm not on board with it. I don't like the idea of this starting one day a week. I like once every seven days, anyways, because what that does to the rest of the rotation. And you're seeing the, the angels are running into that shuffling guys in and out. I don't like that that you're making all this change to your pitching rotation for the one guy. It's just, it, I don't like that. I like that about as much as I like what the, the Rays are doing, starting a reliever. I was just about to bring that up. Is that better or worse you know, than Tampa Bay running a guy out there for right. an inning as a I, starter? And I, then... I, I hate them both. <laughs> okay. I, I hate them both. I mean. <laughs> they talk about teams worried about blowing out their bullpen. Let's just start our bullpen, huh? And then bring in some scrubs for the rest of the game. Yeah. And, uh, We're yeah. going to have Sergio, what, Sergio Romo is going to start every game for the Rays this season and pitch one inning. That would be oh, the only way okay. that would be. Yeah, it, it's awful. It really is. The only way that would be awful. They're not is revolutionizing if Romo, Oh, God, no. No. no, the only way it would be awesome is if, if Romo turned around next year in arbitration and demanded like $8 million because he'd started so many games uh, the year before. <laughs> you see that GS next to my name? Yep, that's me. I had 30 starts last year. Come on. Got to pay me like a starter now. No, so we're seeing some things that I'm not, you know, and maybe we're being curmudgeonly and – and uh, traditionalists, but neither one of those make all that much sense to me. The Otani thing is tough because he is such a dynamic talent doing it both ways, but I just have a feeling that all the chips are down, a a decision decision would be made that he's more valuable. Like, honestly, in a playoff series, he's more valuable as a hitter because he's out there all the time. Because if you're going to do this thing and it's a seven-game series – you're going to maybe pitch him, you know, you're going to pitch him once, but then, you know, the day's off and everything. I, I just don't like it. I don't like the use overall. What about like, a five-game series? I'm, I'm not – I just – I'm not what sold if you yet. got to use him game yeah. one and game five of a five-game series? Would that yeah, be a little different? I, I don't know. Is he hitting the rest of the games? How is that being – how is that being uh, handled? Plus the way he's used all the way up to getting, you know, plus you got to get him through the pennant chase and everything. And you get him to the end of the season, they're going to burn this kid out by the time he's, you know, three, four years into the league. 
Yeah, that I can't. Yeah, you're right about that. I cannot imagine them doing this still in 2021. But no. right now, it's it's pretty cool to me. But yeah, something yeah. gotta yeah. The novelty though will wear off. So yeah, I no, I, I, I totally like appreciate said, one. One way or another, would one one of those holes would get exposed, and they'd have to just shut it down. Like, okay, we can't if if they're gonna throw you inside fastballs, you're gonna keep swinging and miss, and we're gonna shut down the hitting thing altogether, pretty much. Right, or he just starts going think. out there on the pitching side, getting rocked. Now, right. I always now knowing what I knew about him over in Japan, I considered him more of a pitcher coming over. I did too. Uh, yeah. So, I did too. and I don't know if that, obviously they really care what we think, but I see more long term the league that I agree the league will probably adjust to his hitting more. And he'll be told, or the decision will be made that he's going to focus on on one thing primarily, and that would probably be the pitching side. It'll help him go deeper in games. If his aren't, you know, if, if he can pitch that good, you want him out there every fifth day versus every seventh day. I, I could see that going down pretty easy. But until all that happens, he's still. Uh... Doing something I never thought I'd see yeah. somebody do. Well, so, and, pretty cool. and you're the Angels. You, the Angels have it. When was the last time the Angels were relevant? Um, back when Troy the rally, the rally monkey. world titles yeah. for him. The Rally Monkey? Yeah, that, that was about the same time, yeah. Yeah, that's about the last time they were really relevant. It's been a long time. So this makes them relevant. They also have the best player in baseball most you know on their team is Mike Trout and uh yeah i mean it, 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 that definitely makes them a fun team but you, you know it also exposes the fact that the talent around them is is, is weak this is like the Cleveland Cavaliers over there their pitching rotation is is trash and this is the conversation that you and i had before the season started outside of Otani i don't trust anybody in that rotation do you no, because the, the most talented arm is Garrett Richards, and he can't stay on the fucking field. No, so I don't think my assessment of the Angels is any different now, but the the whole cool factor with Otani and how really and how great I would say he was for that first six weeks of the season, it, it really did sort of rise them up in a lot of people's minds where now they were being talked about as you know, serious contenders, and I, I just never saw it. I, I never bought in. So I think part of that, my skepticism about it, made me not appreciate as much what Otani was doing. But what he was doing was, and is, uh, very special. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the team because I don't have confidence in the team as a whole either. But just the individual's uh, accolade is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. So they're like the Cavs, so it's Trout, Otani, and Bums. <laughs> and Guys. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, but you know, you know, if Mike Trout catches the second out of an inning, um, he doesn't then turn and throw the ball into the stands. They also don't play it on uh, on MLB Tonight and, and break in and show you the the ball that Trout just caught in the outfield. Right, it's not that. No, I, I, I was I was making it like an like an analogy, like you know, like the bases are loaded and and Trout catches the second out of the inning and then turns and throws the baseball into the stands, like you know, kind of just a J.R. Smith thing. No, he's he's the star. He's not the he's not the bum running oh, yeah. the other way like J.R. Smith. <laughs> oh, okay. 
So that would be the bum player who does that. That would that would be like yeah. the the backup. Catcher. I'll be a Justin up and I'll be a Justin up and move to turn and, and <laughs> run with the ball. No, that would not. That would definitely not be a trout move. Okay. Uh, so yeah, do you have no, anything I, I, else? What's uh, anything interesting going no. on? No, no, you know, now that you mention it, we kind of we covered the the gambling thing was the one I know you really wanted to get in in the last show that we just we we dominated that last show with other topics. Never even got a chance to talk about it. And uh, the finals are fun to talk about because I really don't watch a ton of basketball, but I, I do take the time like tonight. You know, came downstairs, settled in. Put the finals on, and and it went about the way I expected it to go. So yeah, me too. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. And you want it to be compelling, and you want it to be interesting, and I think that that chance is gone. They they, they had it the was chance. interesting. It was compelling yeah. last game, and then J.R. Smith took the ball and yeah. ran away from the basket. So oh we didn't cover it. What what was your take on the? Overturned charge, turned defensive foul in that, that game. Weird. I mean, was 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 the fix in at that point? I mean, did the refs? <laughs> what what's going on there? I'm not going to become a conspiracy theorist and talk about the fix being in. It. I just <laughs> I, I I I can't really explain it. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that where they go to replay and completely overturn a foul call on one person and give it to somebody else. Um, that that was so strange. I, yeah, I, I think the referees sort of panicked and and overreacted because it was LeBron James. There's, I, I think, there's zero chance that they go to the replay and overturn a block charge uh, decision if Kevin Love was uh, in the paint taking the the block or the charge. I don't think they care that much. But because it was LeBron James and because it was such a huge moment uh, in that game that they decided it needed that sort of extra care and and, and extra uh, looking into. Uh, so that, it, was, it was strange. I don't think that's a trend. I think that was just a one-time decision that that particular crew made. Uh, hope, hopefully it's not, it doesn't turn into something that they do all the time, but uh, it was just weird. A lot of weird stuff in that game. It was weird yeah, that the Warriors enough. played so lethargic and, and let the Cavs oh, go up 11 like they did. Yeah, and that was not expected at all. I expected that the Warriors would have just rolled them. And then in the overtime, I was like, oh, hey, we dodged a bullet there, guys. Let, let, this shit ends right now. And they came out in the overtime and just made sure that it ended up being, what, a 10-point game? Yeah. You don't see a lot of games. And they say, yeah. wait, I feel better. <laughs> and since the that point, just, it, it's, been, uh, it's been on. Because, yeah. yeah, it was on oh, tonight. Yeah. I mean, the Cavs tried. I give them, I give them credit. But that team is only going to be able to put together – runs in, in small doses and and if the warriors start it was sad watching to try the watching the cavaliers try to run with the warriors i know and that's what's was so frustrating about game one turning out the way it did was that they weren't expected to do anything and they pieced together this lebron specifically pieces together this this game just little by little and doing this thing right and doing that thing right and getting them all the way up to that point for that to happen and, and to just piss it all away. That's, 
pretty much going to go down for for me in in sports infamy is just one of the biggest bonehead blunders uh, of all time. It's up, it's right up there with the, anything you could come up with. Uh, we talked about uh, throwing the ball into the stands when there's only two outs. I think Larry Walker did that once and had to go <laughs> yep. run back and get the ball, steal the ball back from the fan that he gave the ball to because it wasn't three outs yet. Uh, things like that, but but. This is on the stage of the NBA Finals with millions of people watching and a title on the line and all that, and, and J.R. Smith pulls that. that that's basically yeah. a Chris Webber. That was the, the NCAA final that Webber called the timeout yeah. that they didn't have. It's basically on that. Call timeout when you don't have any left. Don, Donovan yeah. McNabb was the other one I heard. Where don't know, I didn't know they were going to have ties. What? <laughs> that's pretty bad, but also, that also is not in the uh, in the finals or the yeah. Super Bowl or whatever. So Yes. And and because and because of the infamy that I have given this play that nobody ever remembers, but we memorialize on this show, Kirk Cousins taking a knee right before <laughs> halftime, <laughs> with with what six seconds left on the clock in field goal range and no timeouts, and Kirk Cousins just decides, oh, I'm gonna hell I'm gonna take a knee. Oh. I, but uh, yeah, and that and that doesn't yeah. that doesn't get the hype because it was right before halftime. But I will always remember that game. as being it was a regular season game. But I will always remember that as being one of the most boneheaded things I've ever said. Dan Orlovsky running out the back of the end zone for those zero and sixteen Lions. Remember that? Even even that, yeah, even that is he's hustling and trying he was to make still, a play. Yeah, he was, he was looking down the field trying to make a play, but you don't take a shotgun snap and drop back <laughs> in, in the, from your own goal line. You're already, you know. Yeah, there, there are so many. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 that's, that's as bad. If this was Brazil, J.R. Smith would be dead. That's an own goal <laughs> right there. The cartel would have got his ass. He wouldn't oh, even. Oh yeah, you been... don't. If you if you're playing soccer in South America, if you're in Bolivia or Ecuador, or Brazil, and you do an own goal, you're dead, right? I mean, that's the way it goes. You're dead to me. Yeah, like I said, Jordan would have had him. <laughs> Jordan would have had him filleted in the alley. Kobe Bryant probably would have had him uh, taken out. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of mobsters yeah, no, right are, here in America no, that would take care of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how many how many gamblers lost money oh. on that? Imagine if you took Cleveland in the money line, thinking they were going to pull that game one upset, <laughs> and they did everything that it takes to pull the game one upset, and then that happens. That, I, I was enough... kind of looking. I was looking for the money sticking out of J.R. Smith's, you know, the back out of the back <laughs> of his uni there. Looking for the, the twin J.R. Smith to come running out of. Wait a minute. <laughs> Is that another J.R. Smith? I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, that that was very that was very informative of me when I in my youth with that and during the wrestling, you know, with the with the money sticking out of the refs. When they had to go back to the replay, because you didn't mm-hmm. see it the first time, they had to go back on the replay and slow mow it down, and you could if you zoomed in, you could see the money sticking out of the refs back pocket. Come on. And we were young. We 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 thought honestly when I was young, I didn't that that was phony. I was like, oh crap! Wow, look, he's on the take. He's on the take. <laughs> hey, they, they did a great job of it. So that's what I was looking for. Yeah, and he, <laughs> so I was twelve. God, you, you know, you were sitting there 
thinking of wrestling as you know you knew it wasn't real, but you did, you know you thought that there could still be some element of, of chance, right? You you would think well to, some of us more than I, others. I was looking for, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you definitely. But I, I was looking for the I was looking for the money sticking out of J.R. Smith's back pocket. Not that they have back pockets, and you know what I mean. So maybe stick it out of the back of his shorts or something, and then they could have gone to the replay and. And, you know, it could have been on YouTube with the red circle and the arrow pointing at it. I have made a rule for myself now. I will not watch a YouTube video or any video on the Internet where there's a red circle and an arrow pointing at something. No, never. My life is better for it. I will also not read any list where it's like the top 10 of this or the top 20 of this, where it tells you it's the top something of all time. Number eight will blow your mind. (laughs) So I will yeah, never read never... one of those. It's all these, all the obvious clickbait stuff. Yeah. I will not. I will not read. Uh, I also, you know, pay no attention to any celebrity news. I paid zero attention. We we haven't spent any time talking about the royal wedding on this show. What's wrong with us? I kind of don't know why anyone would. Okay, I got this. Uh, no, there I'm, are people, I'm even more. There are people who give shits about this. I don't give one shit. I, I know. Much less two. There are people who just eat this stuff up. Like the fact that we defeated this country in war twice to be free from this garbage means that we're now slaves to watching these people get married to each other. Come on. So do you, did you know anything at all about the girl, uh, Meghan Markle? I know who, no, I mean, before it happened, I had no clue. Right. I had no clue. And then just, just on the, just on the periphery. Then once it was all no, cause you can't, I can't go on the news app on my phone and scroll up without seeing a headline and uh, you know, so you can't avoid it. You can't get away from it. I had, I, I didn't, I didn't care who she was. I didn't care who he was or who he is. I don't care. That Royal family stuff's all nonsense. It's, it's no different than so... why do I care who anybody that's card? Like, who I care. I don't care who the Kardashians are dating. I don't care what NBA star they've suckered into a romance. <laughs> Got knocked up by one. Uh, but that's like all of them, right? Don't they all? Don't all the Jenners and Kardashians? Why do we know this? But they all basically get roped in with NBA players, right? Well, they all fuck the NBA players. They don't all get impregnated by them. But the the, the fat <laughs> ugly one got knocked up by one. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. Give oh, a damn about that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works, ain't it? Um, uh, <laughs> And call stereotyping the, if it's true. And then, well, and then the skinny, uh, hot jailbait one got knocked up by a rapper. So uh, again, typical. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, the Megan Markle chick. This is how out of the loop I am. I watch USA Network regularly because mm-hmm. of two shows: Monday Night Shannon Raw Tweed. and. Shannon, Raw. Oh, see, the Shannon Tweed movies aren't on anymore. <laughs> I thought that's why you watch. No, that's going up back all into night. The USA up all night bikini bikini car wash. <laughs> no, I'm talking about right now. They they still run all the Law and Order Silk, SVUs Silk and stockings. Silk stockings. No, no, I I didn't watch those. But no, Monday Night Raw <laughs> and Law and Order SVU. So I see oh. USA Network advertising yeah. for other shows all the time. I Wait, I've seen TV. advertisement. This, I, well, I guess you're going to be as out of the loop as I am, and oh, you might okay. be as shocked as I was. I see advertisements for this show Suits all the time, and and it's been on for years, and it's actually coming to an end. 
I just found out like two weeks before the royal wedding. That's the same girl. That's on Suits. Never watched that show. I had no. I never watched an episode either. But I've seen commercials for that show for years because it's been on for six, seven years. Oh, okay. I did not know that was the girl. I had no idea until two weeks before the royal wedding that that was the same girl, and I didn't believe it when I first heard. I'm like, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. It wasn't supposed to go this far. The same girl that's been on this 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 USA Network show, some C level actress. That's the girl that's getting married to some oh. royal. Wait, wait a minute. No way. Yeah, that's her. It's true so, love. Yeah. Okay, I, I hope so for their sake. But I I had no idea. None. I I was shocked, and I, and I guess you're shocked too because you had no idea. I'm not have shocked. You, I don't give a shit. Can you be shocked if you don't care? Yes, because I don't care, oh, and okay. I was shocked. Okay, I just, but that's no different than this. You can name any show. I mean, you can be on anything. You can be some newscaster in Pocatello, Idaho. I don't care. That would be pretty shocking too. How do any of those chicks get a hold of? <laughs> how do, they, like, how do you? Harry how like, do you meet? How do you, I don't know. How do you? How do you meet this guy? I mean, I, I have right. no clue. I don't think he's but again, I'm always really I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think she was either. I don't think I don't think they met on ChristianMingle.com either. But so so how did the hell did how did it how did it happen? How did she pick up a, now, a prince? A word on FarmersOnly.com that yes. you mentioned. I live in a part of the country where there's a lot of farmers. Okay, ain't no chicks that like look like the chicks on those commercials around here. Really? Just say you're saying no, maybe yeah. uh, no. Maybe playing I'm saying up a like, bit on the commercial. Uh, yeah, your your girl growing up on the farm. A lot of these girls are pro- built bigger than we are, <laughs> and stronger. I mean, like beefy and thick, and and they all have these like really really bad short haircuts. And yeah, I, I live in a part of the country with a lot of farm, a lot a lot of farm girls. They don't you, look like the just described, you just described. You just described a lot of your Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say you just described a lot of women I've uh, I've been I, I have knowledge of. We'll, we'll put it that way. Yeah, I'll tell you um, one thing. If you see that FarmersOnly.com thing, there's something that you see that you don't see on those commercials that you see a lot of around here: mullets. That that would be truth in advertising. That if the FarmersOnly.com commercial had girls with mullets and and that yeah. looked like they could play left tackle for the Packers, yeah, that that would be truth in advertising. Not um, it not works. That there's anything it, wrong with it? You have to be a hardy person to live on a farm and and do that job. It's a hard job, right? You know, you get up at three o'clock in the morning. You're out there milking cows and baling hay, and hey, we, we, America's breadbasket, right? A lot, lot of that, you know, so nothing wrong with it. Just stop false advertising there. Farmersonly.com. I got love for farmers. I got nothing against farmers. Um, I was just right. informed that it works, the, I like it works the same way on. <laughs> it works the same way for uh, other sites as well. The uh, oh, blackpeoplemeet.com women uh, on the commercials, that's not what's on the websites for those either. They're, oh, no? uh, those, 
those can be some some healthy looking women as well and uh <laughs> they they don't they don't quite look uh they don't quite have that shape uh, as the women on the commercials and they don't quite have the uh the the, the perfect makeup uh sure. as those women the the faces don't look quite those okay. quite that that well done right so it it, it works uh works in a lot of different ways so so we're not our, so we're not saying that we think that that Megan whatever duchess of whatever she is now uh Megan Markle prince whatever his name prince is that prince harry which which one was he yeah i think it was harry yeah, i don't yeah, yeah I, I don't care Thanks. uh that they met on uh yeah some some random web meeting address you know they didn't meet on match.com or or uh What's no. the one with the creepy dude? What's the one with the creepy guy? The one with the who tells you guy? all. The one with the old creepy guy is telling you all about the points of you know how many things of compatibility you have and everything like that. And the dude's like really creepy. I believe that's also Match. dot com. That's just a different uh, advertising is campaign. That yeah, I think that's the, oh okay. Yeah, I think that's the the founder of Match. dot com trying to explain to you the the science behind how they find out who's exactly perfectly compatible for whom. And that's okay. how they they come. Yeah, uh, you it's know. the science. You know that. Yeah, trying to convince you why you should pay money for for this website. There's so many <laughs> other places that you can meet someone for free, but you should pay money to come to us because we have science. But I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think Prince Harry ad ad answered a Craigslist advert. <sighs> that you 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 know how that hurts me, right? You know that gets me right oh. right in the stomach. It, Sorry, just saying. I don't think that happened. I don't think that that's how he met her. Or maybe they have one for royals that we just didn't know about. And she signed up for that. I would be more. Oh, uh, that was probably SugarDaddy.com. <laughs> I was. I was gonna say I would be more understanding of it if she met him on one of those sites that like only the the beautiful people are allowed, or only the super yeah. ultra rich are allowed, something like that. Uh, I would understand that more so than just a chance meeting between uh, a, a prince and some chick that's acting on a USA uh, Network show. Well, someday I'm that. sure there'll be a movie or a biography that I won't watch or I won't read that'll describe <laughs> it all. It's probably out there right now, and I don't care to go look. Yeah, to, I, go look I, it up either. So. You know, if we're talking about it. We're giving a lot of airtime to it, something that we just don't care about because. We're just trying to show how much we don't care about it, but that's just that's that's the thing, you know. And that was, it, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day, you know, because they every they want to throw around this fake news term, and I don't really look at things in, in in the aspect of like fake news. What I think of that's a lot of out there that I don't like is the non-news, you know, the news that's just not news. And there's so much more of that, the stuff that people actually care about versus things that are actually going on out there that affect their lives. How much people will, they'll know all about who's marrying who and who got knocked up by who, but they have no idea what's going on in, in, in like the law, with the lawmaking in their country or with Congress or like war or any of this real stuff that actually matters but they'll know all about who's sleeping with who in Hollywood. And that's what bothers me more. So, so it's not this whole, oh, it's fake news. No, it's this, it's this 
non-news or news that's not actually news that's thrown at you every day. That's the shit that bothers me. Yeah, I, I've been trying to think back and figure out where it all went wrong and where it got broken the way it is. And yeah. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but there's somewhere uh, in the 50s when televised news started and, and all that. And now we're at this point where we are now where it's people screaming at each other and uh, saying news that, that isn't news and saying, you know, we think this happened, but we're not totally sure, but we're going to report it anyway, right. stuff like that. I don't know exactly where it got broken like that, but somewhere along the way, it became more important to get people to look at your news and to click on your news stories than it, it, it that became the importance of it, not how relevant it is, but what's going to make people click on it and make people watch. Yeah. And so that's where it got got really seriously broken. I know back in the 70s and 80s, and I think you can sort of take it back to this, was when you had the merging, and this was a big deal back when it happened, and I know there's been there's been all sorts of things about it, like movies and stuff, but back when news divisions and entertainment divisions sort of merged, and, and news had to then become entertainment, and, and now, look, I mean, look at it now. I mean, it's it is so blatant. Like, where does anybody go anymore for just straight news and is left to decide for themselves what they think about a subject. You can't go anywhere because every network, you know, whether they lean left or right, right. Everybody's got an agenda, right? You all oh, at that, that network is liberal and that what network is, is conservative. And this network is Republican and this network is Democrat. And this one's going to shill for Trump. This one's going to shill for, Obama or this one's going to shill for the the resistance. There's no just news. Everything that happens is broken down into its, oh, this person did it, so therefore it's bad, or this person did it, therefore it's good, that nobody's just left to watch the news where it basically just says, here's what happened. <laughs> right? All, tri all and, tribalism. And, 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 Right, and everybody, and, and then people can actually make make up a, a decision for themselves, and you see it with with the newspapers have gone that way, and and the media networks have gone that way, and it's just it's just so over the top. So people's slant is being driven by the opinions of of people writing news articles because nobody just reports the news; everything is an opinion piece now. And you can even read it in the words, the descriptors that they're using, where you can just read it and tell the the frame of thought of the person who's reading it because of of, of the like the inflammatory things, you know, like it won't just say a word; it'll say it was the you know misguided this or the alleged that, you know. It, it's everything is just written in a way to sort of steer the opinion. And most people aren't looking for that. For a lot of people, their brains just absorb it as the truth. And it, I don't know how many. I don't. There's not too many free thinkers left out there. Well, if they are, they their voices certainly don't get uh, amplified because it's not profitable. Do you have to have all the the partisan voices uh, that get prioritized uh -huh. over them because those are the voices that people listen to. Those are the vo voices that get right. people to to open their ears. 
uh, and that's therefore they're the ones that get the uh, they get the airtime. Just today, uh, it looks like I might have to go check this out and come back and sort of uh, report on it. But just today, my wife and I were looking at the brochure for uh, Sirius Satellite Radio because she got a new car and she's got Sirius Satellite Radio with it. Oh, and yeah. in the a new car, huh? Yeah, she uh, got her old car uh, got sideswiped because some jackrabbit uh, was oh, asleep yeah. at the wheel and and sideswiped her, and so that car got total. And thankfully, she was okay. Um, right. But that car got total, and she had and she got a, a an upgrade. Um, so yeah. we got uh, Sirius XM satellite radio, and they're dis- the, the brochure is describing all the stations. And in the news section, they have like two or three uh, liberal stations that proclaim that they're progressive liberal. They have two or three conservative stations that proclaim they're uh, conservative. And then they have one station that they, the, the descriptor is that it's nonpartisan news that is definitely straight down the middle one way or another. And my first reaction was the exact same thing that you were saying was that's impossible. I wonder which way they lean. So now I guess I have to right. go listen to that station at some point and oh, figure so out which way they lean. you're curious now. Yeah, I got it because there's no way yeah. they're straight down the middle. There is no such thing as straight down the middle uh, media one way or another in this country uh, because you don't right. last very long being straight down the middle. No one listens. People, uh, You say people yeah. want to listen for straight news. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think people want to listen to whichever side they happen to be on because they think that's the truthful side. I don't think they really want the truth. Yeah. I think they just want – what makes them feel good, and then they can well, pass that off as truth. Well, that's what's so hard because when you have these extremes, and clearly we have networks that are, and when they go the what they go that direction, they go hard that direction. So we talk about the people who are sort of left in you know in that middle, like we talked about a little bit in the last show with with, with the vast majority of people who sort of vacillate close to center, and then they'll 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 have tendencies towards the left, they'll have tendencies towards the right. To these media outlets, though, if you're centrist at all in belief or anything or independent in your thought, you're going to look like you know, a crazy uh, to one of those that are on way on the flanks. Right, because they can you are, a waffler or right, uh, Pico someone Kami trying to play both or, sides. You know, yeah. <laughs> Because you just, you know, because you kind of fall in the middle. And again, like I said, most people, most people fall in the middle. And the reason you know, see, this is why you know most people fall in the middle, is if you can blatantly identify the spin that all these networks and articles, if you can tell, you know you're more towards the middle because you're able to spot it. The people who can't spot it are the true believers. They're either on one side or they're on the other. And they agree. So they're like, aha, that's me. They're speaking for me. But I don't want the news to speak for me. I just want the news. Well, I'll, I'll split and the difference with you this way. You can, get it, you can get it with sports. Oh, I think that's kind of where it started with sports talk. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, let's get two let's get two let, let's get two people to yell at each other and each one's gonna just take an opposite viewpoint, no matter what. Right. I'll split the difference with you this way. I guess I agree that most people are in the middle, but most people who consume media, 
I don't think are in the middle. I think those people are looking for one side or another to validate what they think is the truth. And I think sure. there's a lot of people out there that are in the middle that, that might be the vast majority, but I don't think most of those people are consuming media necessarily. I think they're, they, they might be reading a newspaper here or there or a website here, but I don't think they're the ones that are driving the millions and millions of dollars that are, are going into what is supposed to be news reporting nowadays. I don't think those are the people that are camped out on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC. Uh, yeah. I think most people are staying away from all of that because they can sense that it's turned to garbage, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, the people I, that are consuming that all the time, I think those people are, are they're, those are the ones that are tribalists and they have a camp yeah. one way or another that they need to, to fall into. Well, anytime you see the numbers, you know, the mainstream media, whatever that means, I don't even know what that means anymore, but the quote unquote mainstream media has an approval rating right around where Congress's approval rating is, which is in the high single digits. And and I'd be hard-pressed to grab 100 people at random and find eight of them that have a high approval of either. <laughs> so I don't even know if those numbers are accurate. Well, and so I think those people are probably not consuming it at all. But then the four no. out of those 100 that you grab that – have an opinion one way or another. Those are the ones that are actually consuming this stuff. And, and yeah. that's enough to keep it going and, and keep millions of dollars going one way or another, because uh, the people that consume it, they consume it. Like you said, they go hard. They, they get talked to hard by the networks because they consume hard and they, and they yeah. give all this money and, and all this advertising uh, to, to both the, to either side, one way or another. Right. And when we were growing up, for better or for worse, what was your news? Your news was from 5 to 6, right? That was your news. And 10. And then 10. You got your news at 5, five o'clock and 6 o'clock, and then at 6.30 you watched Wheel of Fortune. That, that, was, that was what it was. And then, at, uh, and then at 10 o'clock you got the 10 o'clock news, and then Johnny Carson came on. And that was about it, right? Yeah. And, 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 and even Johnny, that was a bit of an escape from the the, the the harshness of the news. Well, that the news now has even spilled over into these shows with, with all you know. These people are even in the late night now are basically just chilling for right or for wrong or for whatever they're thinking. But they're they're in that look at me, look at me, you know. They're even pushing their agendas now. It's all—it's just nonstop. It's an assault on your senses now. What you're getting from from media and everything has an agenda, and everything is bought and paid for. It's all about the money. I believe we've said that on our show before, uh, many many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough. Hey, look, we got into our we got into a deep discussion. This all started from. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. And this all started yeah. from our deep, deep-seated hatred of all things royal wedding. I don't know about deep-seated hatred, neither one of us cared. That's, that's the shit that, no, but that's the shit that's being pushed on you as news. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was all over uh, the, the the news channel. But I'm one of those that doesn't consume oh, it yeah. anymore, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, no, I mean, but even you couldn't, I couldn't even pick up my phone. Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, I, it's I was aware of I it. Just, yeah. I was aware of it when it was happening, which I shouldn't be because I wasn't trying to keep up with it. So, yeah, it really was being pushed everywhere. 
Yeah, so, you know, and eventually, and this is like I have an iPhone, and I'll scroll down through the news, which is not picked by, I don't have mine personalized at all. So this is just the random sampling of news stories. Guaranteed every night, no joke, every night I am going to get somewhere in the top some kind of a news story about what was said the night before on one of the late night shows, which that's not news. Um <laughs> Top t- here's a list of you know t- twenty nine unforgettable. But who cares? Um, knife wielding prostitutes, British tourists clash in Spain. Huh? Oh, here's <laughs> wow. here's the next one. Gwen, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton get romantic at pal's wedding, and she dances <laughs> the hollowback. That's not news. Good lord, I could not care less about that. Oh, here's a good one. Sea level rise is pushing coastal property owners to move to higher ground. And, and, and that's is that happening? Because I have you know who, who knew that wasn't New been. York wasn't New York supposed to be underwater by now? <laughs> and California. It was all supposed yeah, California's supposed to fall in the ocean. All the glaciers yeah. and, the, and the ice caps are melting, and all the east the, the whole eastern seaboard is going to be underwater. It hasn't happened. I, somebody needs to tell. It has, oh, here's a here's a new story about Janet Jackson. Nobody gives a shit. Not she's not dead. That's all you know. Is she oh, okay? If I see Janet Jackson, she's not dead. Then I don't care. That's the only yeah. thing you need to know about for a celebrity. Is, okay, oh, they died. That's sad. I'll get my couple minutes of sadness because somebody who was famous died. But what's uh, but, the things that people are pulling? Oh, so and so did something, and Twitter's exploding. It's literally just a news story of of Twitter responses to something. This is what we get and now. That, this is what passes for news. But those are up there because people click on it. That's what people click on. So that's why they're there. And that's what I was trying to figure out is when did we become uh, news for the people yeah. who, who who will respond and click on it, not news that people need to yeah. know. I don't, I don't know exactly I, when that change happened, but it's happened. I don't. It's happened, and, and again, we've you know I've talked about the evils, and there's pros and there's positive things too. But social media, Facebook, Twitter, that it, it, we've talked about it even within in, in respect to you know like the racial tensions. We've talked about a lot of things. It has given voice to people who never had voice before, and people can go on there and say stupid things, or click on stupid things, or make stupid videos. And, and I don't think it's necessarily that there's more people who think certain ways. But now all it takes is for one person to say something really dumb and for Twitter to explode, right? Or Facebook to explode. And then all of a sudden, if it gets enough hits and it starts trending, somebody picks up on it and then it makes, quote, unquote, the news. News. The news. It's news. It's news because some has-been celebrity posted something about something that offends somebody somewhere. And now it's got a million hits on Twitter. So it's news. And, and if we would stop clicking on those stories, then it wouldn't be news anymore. But unfortunately, yeah, we're, well, we're not going to stop. Unfortunately, that. you and me don't make we <laughs> yeah. or they, and and, and and so it's never it's never going to stop because this is you know this society now everything is you know everything you know is now with that device that's in your face. Yeah, it's and technology if you, is and amazing. If your phone but, tells uh, it, if your phone oof. tells you it's news, it's news. Both said so. <laughs> not to me, let me tell you. The, yeah. the, not this guy. 
I mean, when I can get on my phone and the top news story is something that happened on Game of Thrones. And it wasn't like it wasn't like a deadly accident on the set and half the cast is dead or something like that. That'd be news. No, no, it's just a plot twist. <laughs> you won't believe what ha- top ten top ten things that were on Game of Thrones last night. Number three will leave you stunned. <laughs> red circle, red arrow. And if we would stop clicking on that bullshit, then it would stop being news. So it's, it's on us. We were. I have what we made deserve. a solemn. I've taken a solemn oath that I will not click on any of those again with any of that obvious clickbait, <laughs> and I refuse, as hard as it is sometimes, because it may pertain to something I'm mildly interested in, to click on any video ever again on YouTube with a big circle and a red arrow pointing at something. Yeah, and it's not hard. It's not. It's not easy to do. It's not easy. It's very easy to fall into the clickbait trap, but you gotta take some, have some self discipline, folks. Don't fall for it. I don't. You know how I know that we're sort of like we're in those final days of Rome. Some of the shit my daughter watches on YouTube, and 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 shit is. I'm being kind to some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you look on there, and you realize that it's got like. 12 billion views. Oh my gosh. And it's just you like, how? It's just like home movies. It's just people yeah, just going to the smoke. mall to get their nails done. Yeah. Nothing happens. There's no drama. It's literally just people doing stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm with. I'm with you because of the, the stuff that my wife watches. Yeah. And the, the, some of the people that she follows and watches re- religiously. And that's videos of like people going to the grocery store and filling yeah. up their car. And it's like, that's that's interesting? Really? And then you look down there, it's got 300 million views. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and 75 and watching comments. A video. You don't know what you're and, doing. <laughs> I was watching a video the other night about uh, Hawaii, you know, the volcano, right? Stunning stuff. I mean, it's not like this is anything apocalyptic or anything like that, but it's the, the footage. It's just, it's compelling. It's like, you know, and again, is that even real news to some degree? I mean, everyone's gonna be like, oh, the human tragedy. Yet, you, you ass, you built a house on a <laughs> volcano, okay? So that's not so much news. That's just dumbassery. <laughs> you, you bought land cheap because it was on a volcano. Don't complain. The volcano erupted and your house got swept up. But the, but the, but the footage is very, very good. And I'm watching that and it's got like 800 views. And my watcher, yeah. my, my, my daughter's watching some kids playing with boogers or doing some stupid <laughs> crap or opening up toys. 350 million views. Little yeah, oh hey look there's a little kid dressed up with like Batman and and he's hitting a kid dressed up like Superman with a little foam bat, 180 million views. I, I don't get where it. we are. We missed our you know we missed out. I mean obviously I'm a dumb 
idiot because I missed out because I've got like two super cute kids. I should have just been taking random home movies, but I can't exploit my kids like that either. Because who's who knows who's watching this stuff? Well, that's the other thing is there's you know how many of those millions of people watching or it's just one guy watching it over and over again because he's obsessing over you. Ah. Yeah, I don't want to know that I've got 100 million views and some percentage of those is some dude spanking it, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, All right, on, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're about to get snipered here. So, um, folks, so for the folks who listen to our show, see, we get we, we cover all topics. Anything goes, right? You said it on the opening. That's right. You listened and you get what you deserve because we said anything goes. And sure enough, that was a non sequitur as it gets. I don't know how the hell we got on that topic. Hey, we're Um, the kings of non sequitur. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.